Hello and welcome to One Golden Moment, a daily Cal Sports podcast. This is episode two of season six. We're back covering Cal football. And today we have a very exciting episode because we gave you our season preview, but now comes the fun part. We actually get to talk about Cal football games, which we love. And so if you missed it, Cal had their home opener, season opener this weekend against UC Davis. It was all very exciting. We're going to get into all of that recap talking about key takeaways, impact players, and everything else. And then also, Cal's right back in action this Saturday against UNLV, uh, also at home. And so this is going to be a two-parter. We'll start by recapping the Davis game, going on those takeaways, our thoughts on all of that. And then we'll also offer our preview of UNLV. So capturing both of those should be a lot of fun. And I also have two very, very special guests to welcome to this podcast. First up, Football beat writer Emmanuel Macedo, he is a veteran of One Golden Moment. He was on here in the summer and then back on for our season preview podcast. We're very excited to have him back. Emmanuel, how are you doing today? I'm feeling great, Ben. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Thank you for joining. Uh, It's really great to have you here once again. And now our other guest, we have a new voice, another one of our football beat writers, um, an expert, Jane Kenny, Jane, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Ben. I'm excited to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. Uh, it's always great to welcome a new voice. Uh, amazing. So with all of the preliminaries out of the way, why don't we jump right in and talk a little bit about the Davis game that happened this weekend before any of our analysis? Why don't we just do a quick recap? Um, Emmanuel, you were there in the press box wrote an incredible recap of the game. Why don't you start things off from the beginning? Tell us what went down this Saturday in Memorial Stadium, because it wasn't all sunshine and roses, and there were definitely some interesting developments. Yeah, uh, that's a head-scratcher from the beginning, huh? Um, I guess it's nothing. It's it's not being it's not being cheeky to say the first three drives for, for Cal were nothing short of horrendous. Um, Coach Wilcox said it best in the postgame presser. You know, Jack Plummer just needed to shake off some cobwebs. He um, he was there were two two straight three and outs and an interception before he even completed a pass in the game. You know, um, it, being the optimistic person I am, I'm not gonna say I was afraid. I'm not gonna say I was starting to lose confidence immediately, but um, you know, it definitely took some time for for him to get rolling for the offensive line to kind of, you know, settle in with, with their new signal caller. But um, that was kind of just the first, the first quarter for Cal football. It was just not great at all. Davis struck first. They were, they marched down the field. I believe on their second drive of the game, it was, but um, after, after Plummer threw the interception, things kind of started going Cal's way. They started going Cal's way. Things things turned after a defensive sack by uh, Xavier Carlton, transfer out of Utah, notching his first sack in the blue and blue and gold, and and uh, forcing a three and out for Davis. Momentum swing, and on the on the very next possession, um, Plummer found his rhythm. Three straight first downs and ending a touchdown pass. Jeremiah Hunter. It was kind of um, it was the tone setter for the remainder of the, for the remainder of the half. Another Davis punt, 
Cal's rhythm was shown in full force, big completions from Plummer, big passes that, you know, they leave you screaming out of excitement. This is also where, you know, we started getting the first glimpses of uh, freshman running back Jaden Opp. Boy, boy, do I have a couple things to say about Jaden Opp. Jaden Opp was really exciting on the field on Saturday. He, This is a freshman, first time ever stepping on the field, and he has – um, 100 and, 130 all-purpose yards. That, that's a little bit of recap for you. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Ben, but um, 130 all-purpose yards hasn't been done coincidentally since Keenan Allen did it against UC Davis. But um, that drive ended in a touchdown pass to Jaden Ott, first career catch, first career touchdown. And again, the rhythm just keeps going. Craig Woodson drops an almost interception. Don't worry, he's going to get that one back. Davis turns the ball over on a fourth down. And then we see, for me at least, I see something really exciting. Plummer showcases two-minute magic. 36 seconds on the clock, marches down the field, sets up a Dario Longhetto 32-yard field goal attempt. Five seconds on the clock. Cal leads 17-7 to at the half. It was really something that um, it sets the half. It sets the tone. It's, it really did set the tone for the remainder of the game. It kind of it washed away those first quarter blunders, and um, you know I'm gonna pass it back to you, Ben. But um, it was something for me that after that first quarter left a little bit of a sour taste in everyone's mouths. It started to to uptick an upward trend for the offense and the defense. Amazing. Well, thank you for that super detailed summary and analysis of the first half. Um, there's a lot to unpack for sure. I guess I do have a question for you, Emmanuel, a bit of a follow-up because all three of us were up there in that press box watching the game. Maybe it was just me, but I felt a palpable sense of concern, panic maybe in that first quarter. Uh, there was definitely some, some silence and, and people wondering what was going on. And so I guess my question out of all of this is, there were those three drives that were disastrous interception before a pass was completed or a first down was had. I guess what I'm wondering, Emmanuel, is what can we make of all of that? Do you think that's something that can be completely thrown away as a new quarterback and a new team kind of just gelling and finding their rhythm? Or are there any troubling signs there that you think could be worrying going forward? We talked about this in the um, in the Davis preview episode, which everyone should go take a listen to, even though it's a week late. Um, that was def that game was definitely supposed to be a test. It was supposed to be a game where, because you know, you can shine throughout spring, you can shine throughout fall camp, but nothing matters until you get to a live game. Even even though you have those scrimmages, first team defense versus first team offense in camp. You're not – that's not real pressure. Or the real pressure came last Saturday, and we we saw that. We saw that in the first quarter. The offensive line was pressured. Jack Plummer was pressured. Um, and to, to answer the second part of your question, no, I don't think there should be any type of worry because they, they figured it out. I would think there would be – there would be a bigger implication on this if they couldn't figure it out coming out of the locker room. If they go into the locker room at the half, you know, not with no touchdowns on the board, with maybe just field goals on the board, 
there's more, there's a bigger sense of worry in the stadium, knowing that, um, seeing not, not just knowing, seeing that, that he's struggling to find the rhythm that he's struggling to, to settle in to, to the new offense. Because again, you know, you don't know, uh, this is just, you know, based off of one experience playing high school football, mind you. But for me, you don't know anything until you get into live into live action. You you can spend months reading the playbook, months running the practice night after night, but it doesn't matter until you see action, until you see someone actually trying to come for your come for you. But um just to 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 quit to digress and to to go back. I don't think there should be any worry. I think worry should begin to pick up starting if things go bad this Saturday and if things go bad next Saturday in Indiana. To add on to Emmanuel's thought, if I may, um, I'd say it was brutal, those first you know three possessions or so, but I don't think it was entirely surprising given the fact that there's just so many new faces on this team and everyone coming together and getting a feel for each other and like guys getting a feel for college football in general. There was 10 Cal players who were starting their first ever college game. So I think with just a lot of young guys and people new to the program, we can be forgiving um, and it's a good sign that they showed a lot of improvement and we're coming together and figuring it out. And I think that's something that um, fans can be satisfied with and hopeful for at least. I think that's a great point, Jane. Thanks for jumping in. And why don't we now just transition to talking a little bit about the second half, um, finishing off our sort of recap and analysis of the game. Jane, what can you tell us about what went on after the break? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, you know, the two minute drill success at the end of the uh, first half and then going into the locker room, of course, reflecting on uh, some mistakes and, you know, improvements to make um, came out with a lot of confidence and energy. And I think one of the most exciting electric plays of the afternoon came to start the second half with Craig Woodson and the, his pick six. Um, he's a red shirt junior safety, a guy who's been absent for quite a while. He missed the entirety of last season with a knee injury. So given that context and this being his first career interception um, and him returning the football at 39 yards to the end zone, it was just a big moment, like a big play for all the fans out there in Memorial Stadium, his coaching staff, his teammates were so hyped for him just over the moon. And like, that was really cool to see. Um, There's a play in the first half, I believe, where he almost came up with an interception and, you know, he was just able to keep his head up and keep going at it. And he ended up converting big time for the Bears. So I thought that was uh, a very notable play of the second half. But then conversely, right after that, um, you know, uh, our defense got a taste of uh, Gilliam, the Aggies running back who breaks free and runs races 60 yards down the field for a runaway touchdown. And that was kind of a detrimental miscommunication for the Cal defense. And coming into the game, Sermon had reiterated to his defensive squad that Gilliam is, you know, the threat. He's the guy. He's shifty. He knows the holes well. He's a big body, hard to bring down, and he sure is quick. So going into the game, the Bears defense kind of put a spotlight on containing him. Um, and so that was definitely a moment of weakness there. But I think overall, our defense um, 
did a good job of um, minimizing his threat. Uh, we saw Jackson Sermon produce well in his Cal debut. He recorded eight tackles. Um, but that just that play is, serves as a reminder to remain uh, disciplined and keep that effort in tackling and coverage on the de defensive side of the ball. Um, yeah, but I think moving into the fourth quarter, um, there's a couple plays to highlight. Um, one big one came around the eight minute mark when um, Plummer was able to find Monroe Young for 36 yards um, downfield after he faked the ball to the running back. And then to solidify that scoring drive, he found um, wide receiver Maven Anderson in the end zone for 14 yards. And that was Anderson's first career catch, adding some depth to that wide receiver core. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of how those scoring drives worked in the second half. But um, overall, a lot of improvement and getting more comfortable with each other out there, you could tell for sure. That's awesome. Well, thank you for that. I think it's a great uh, discussion of what went down in the second half. It was a fun game to watch. There were lots of interesting plays, big things happening. And I think a lot that Cal fans and I think the team itself can take away from the win. And so speaking of takeaways, let's talk about our key takeaways. Emmanuel, I'm going to jump back over to you and ask you, looking at the bigger picture, what were some of the bigger, I guess, observations or things you noticed about this game? What are you taking away from it? Thanks, Ben. I think immediately we can go right back to defense is still king. Justin Wilcox's defense is still continuing to produce. You know, like Jane mentioned, we've got a plethora of new faces. It did take a while to settle the nerves. But two interceptions, one being a pick six, Carlton's sack and a half, the defense is going to continue thriving. There's, there's, I think the sky is the limit when it comes to defensive production. They, um, I mean, mind you, we're going to talk a little bit about this again, but uh, mind you, this is, this is an FCS school. There is, um, there's room, there's obviously room for improvement. You know, the, the Gilliam run immediately after the pick six, my, it, we can credit miscommunication. We can credit you know, immediately coming back out onto the field after that, after the return touchdown, getting caught off guard, definitely. But, um, you know, these are things that are looked at the week after the games, things that are looked at um, in practice, and they're going to continue to develop. And the second point I want to make really briefly is, you know, the offense can and probably will be something very special. It took him a second. It took him a second, but we gotta talk. We gotta talk a little bit about Plummer going twenty-three for thirty-five, two hundred and sixty-eight yards, three touchdowns, odds one hundred and thirty all-purpose yards. The odd Plummer connection is there. It's gonna be there for the foreseeable future. And again, you know, that's really exciting to see. From this team, you know, especially when all offseason you talk about you talk about the departure of Garbers, the departure of Remigio. So, you know, for someone to fill the shoes immediately, it's something that the fans are going to love to see all season long. That's great. Uh, definitely sounds like some reasons for optimism. Uh, and I agree. There were some exciting flashes. Uh 
I guess briefly for some of my takes on Emmanuel's takeaways, I think the defense looked good. I do worry. And you two correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't see enough pressure from the front seven. I didn't see the Davis quarterback getting sacked. And that scares me a little bit. Um, That was one hesitation, at least from my bird's eye view. Um, I think the absence of Brett Johnson was noticed. And I think the defense, the secondary looked good. Uh, If that front seven was pressing and sacking the quarterback and consistently pressuring, I think it would be even better. Um, But I agree. Generally, it looked like another strong sort of bend, don't break Wilcox defense that is going to do enough to keep the team in games. As far as on the offensive side of things, I think we'll go into this in a lot more detail. You're right. Plummer put up great stats that I think if he does that against Pac-12 schools, we'll be very happy. Uh, I do think, though, not just a grain, but maybe a mountain of salt has to be uh, applied when you consider that this is not like the Pac-12 competition that's going to come up in a few weeks. And so I think you're right. There were some flashes. We'll talk a lot more about Jaden Ott. That was what excited me the most about this game. Um, But I would still say I'm curious to see how it translates to league play uh, starting off uh, at the end of September against Arizona and and Berkeley. And if I could, if I can uh, just pop in really quickly, Um, like I said, FCS school, UNLV is a Mountain West FBS school. And then we jump straight to, to Notre Dame, like, holy, holy Toledo. Like, where does that come from? But, you know, of course, you know, Mountain of Salt, he's going to continue to, he's got to find a progression um, to, to add to your point. But um, I'm, I'm going to put it back on you. I just wanted to add that point right there. Thanks for jumping in. I think that's that's a very smart piece of analysis for sure. Uh, Jane, how about you? Looking at this game, you were there. You gave us the preview. Uh, amazing social coverage and tweeting, by the way. I thought I'd add that. Um, follow Daily Cal Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you. Uh, but anyways, let's talk about your key takeaways. Anything that you took uh, that you think could be important for this team uh, coming out of this game? Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, just reiterating Emmanuel's point about the defense, I'd say that I'm relatively new to football, but even I could tell we started off rather conservatively and, you know, warm, we didn't quite get there all the way, but warmed up a little bit to get more aggressive and that surely made a difference and fueled our offense as well. Um, I think we have reason to believe that um, we can be a respectable team there. Um, Daniel Scott made some big plays, um, one on the in the first quarter on the fourth and one um, really changed, I think the momentum of the game and allowed Cal not to fall down uh, 14 points there at the beginning. Um, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about him later, but I think one of my biggest takeaways was Jaden Ott and I was getting excited about him on Twitter. He's, he's young and he's versatile. He can put his head down and run. Um, It's huge to have over a hundred yards in his first ever collegiate game. He's a dual threat hard worker, very much as advertised. So I I really just didn't think he disappointed. Um, and I think he had the some of the poise and skills that you don't always see when a player that early on, his patience behind the line of scrimmage and his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and break tackles. I think he'd be a thrilling player in the one-on-one game. So I'm sure he'll be a pleasure to watch this season. 
I agree. A pleasure to watch this season and beyond. I'm very excited for Jaden Ott. I think we were going to talk about impact players, so why don't we jump right into that? Jane, you've talked about Jaden Ott. Emmanuel, I'm sure you also have some thoughts on Jaden Ott, so uh, why don't you let us know your thoughts on the freshman's debut performance? It was incredibly impressive. He produced, again, 130 yards from scrimmage, the most in a Cal debut since Keenan Allen in 2010. Like I said earlier, coincidentally, against UC Davis. I do want to mention, you know, the the absence of Damian Moore in, in the opener. But um, Jaden Ott filled the role impressively. It wasn't one of those moments where, where he has to take control very quickly. There wasn't any sign of fear. There wasn't any sign of, of, of misplacement. They, the offensive coaches put all their trust into Jaden Ott to perform, and he delivered 100%. So I'm very excited to see what he can do this weekend. I'm, exciting. I'm excited to see what he'll do next weekend for sure. And he will definitely continue to improve as, as we go into conference play. That's great. Uh, I don't have much to add other than echoing what the two of you said. Jaden Ott is the reason I am more excited about this season than I am about a lot of Cal football seasons. I would say on the whole, I've been watching this team for four years, uh, know a little bit about the history before that. For the most part, this seems like a standard Justin Wilcox team. Um, I would say with a good defense, serviceable offense that might have some struggles uh, that you can expect to maybe go around 500 or a little bit better. Where this differs from the years of the past, I think is Jaden Ott, because I cannot remember Cal having as electric a player as him until now, because he, in his first game, mind you, already had the trust of the coaches getting those 19 touches, and he made the most with them. That's what gets me excited because having those skill position players with talent, with ability is something that's a little bit new. And I think you're starting to see some of the better recruiting of these past couple of years pay off the wide receivers too, uh, in this game, young, but skilled and fast. And I think very impressive with their performance. And so it excited me, even if this season, the team doesn't find a way to put it all together. I'm looking forward to seeing how Ott and the rest of that young core develops because I think the talent and the potential is there. Um, but we said a lot about Jaden Ott. I expect throughout the season we'll say a lot more. Uh, I'd love to ask the two of you, any other impact players or, or people you want to highlight or talk about for a little bit? Emmanuel, why don't I start with you? Yeah, I mean, just echoing the... Uh echoing some praise on to, on to Jack Plummer. Um, I'm really excited to see how he's going to continue to, to develop, how he's going to continue to, to try to, this is going to sound like harsh wording to try to prove that he belongs, that, that he can have, that he can take control of the Cal offense um, swiftly and with, you know, with grace um, I saw a lot of great. I saw a lot of great things from from his receivers, from J. Michael Sturvedon, from Jeremiah Hunter. You know they're going to do. If Jack Plummer can continue to find his his juju, they're going to do great things under him. And you know, again, the same with Jaden Ott. 
that's going to be very really exciting to see. They can put up some impressive numbers. They can do some impressive work. That's pretty much that's that's all I have to say. I'm really excited to see what they can do as an offensive unit. Awesome. Um, part of me thinks hold your horses. Let's see how it goes against the real competition. But you're right. There definitely were, I think, uh, flashes of strong performance. And I'm very curious to see how it all translates. I guess for my brief thoughts on Jack Plummer, I'll say this. And I mentioned it before. If he puts up those stats against Pac-12 schools, we'll all be happy. I thought he showed more mobility than we pro were promised. Um, I think we all were expecting him to not be able to really run at all. He had a strong kind of spinning, looked a little bit like a deer in the headlights, but he made it. He, he had a run for a first down, which I think impressed a lot of us. Uh, that was good to see. However, I hate to be pessimistic. I feel like I'm doing this too much. There were still a couple red flags I saw with Plummer and uh, moments that give me some hesitation and room to pause. Um, the first one, maybe this is just how Cal's offense works. And you two, again, jump in or correct me if I'm wrong. Feel free to push back. But I didn't see very much big play potential. I'm not going to lie. I didn't see those massive... Um, down the field chunk plays consistently. Um, now, don't get me wrong, Cal still managed to put points on the board, but I think you can't always rely on those dink and dunk short plays. You need an explosive offense. And at least as of yet, I didn't see that. Uh, and no, you're right, Ben. To your point, there were, there were times where they tried it, but the ball was overthrown by maybe five or eight yards. So I think that's another thing, trying to to find the pinpoint accuracy on those plays to to again to make those chunk those chunk those chunk plays. Yeah, absolutely. And that actually is a perfect segue into my other concern with Plummer, which was that he was missing a couple throws. Um he had a couple short into the grass, and then I think as Emmanuel noticed, a couple overthrows too. Uh, maybe that's again just getting comfortable with his arm. But I think at least for me, the biggest worry about the offense is that the offensive line may not hold up. Uh, and that's a whole other issue. But what that means is that Plummer needs to be able to hit those receivers with accuracy with the time he has, which may not be a lot. And so I think if he continues to sometimes miss those open throws occasionally, Cal could be in trouble. And so I think that's an area for improvement um, on Plummer's end, and we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, but overall, I think generally it was a good performance from him. I think we're all in agreement on that. Um, and I'm definitely excited to see how he performs going forward uh, the rest of the year. But we spend a lot of time on Plummer and Ott. Let's take a look at some other key players uh, on the rest of the roster. Jane, what are your thoughts, uh, maybe on some new faces uh, and other developments from Impact players in the Davis game? Yeah, as you two kind of talked about before, I thought we saw solid performances from the wide receiver core. Jeremiah Hunter was kind of a key player to see how he would do going into this game, and he came out with 78 yards receiving and a touchdown, a solid performance. Um and overall, there were 10 Cal, different Cal players who caught passes on Saturday. And I think that shows signs of depth and reason to be optimistic. If Plummer can um, keep his composure and he has a strong arm, um, a bunch of different bodies out there on the field that he can hit. Um, 
uh, hopefully a step in the right direction from last year. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's interesting to have basically a whole new receiving core, new quarterback, new running back. Uh, but I like what I saw. I think we all seem to like some of what we saw, which is great. Uh, Emmanuel and Jane, are there any final thoughts or takeaways you have about this Davis game? Uh, or should we just jump into talking about Cal's game against UNLV? I think um, I think this is a perfect segue. This was a great outing against an FCS team. Cal needs to needs to have a great outing against um, UNLV. They're in the Mountain West, and then they have that great test against against the non conference affiliated Notre Dame. Great. So let's jump into this Saturday's game then. Um, I think how we're going to break it up, Emmanuel. You have been doing some research. Tell us your thoughts on the matchup between Cal's offense and UNLV defense. Anything you think the listeners going into the game should know, how you think it'll shake out, anything else. Just give us some of your analysis on this. Definitely. So um, the Rebels are coming off a bye week, so the first of two for their team this season. They also had a win against an FCS school in their season opener. This is. This is a good defense. They they got to the they got to the Idaho State quarterback five times. They also came off an interception, and they had a massive fifty-two to twenty-one route. So this is going to be a good test for Cal for the Cal offense. Definitely, it's going to be a big test for the offensive line. Like as, as we mentioned, you know, they didn't do an, an extraordinary job of protecting Jack Plummer last weekend. This is going to be a way for them to kind of continue to shake off those cobwebs to kind of continue to, to develop, to face bigger challenges before we get to conference play. Um, then I guess some other, some other fun little tidbits for the coaches at UNLV, former Cal coaching staff. One of them is a former quarterback at Cal. So, you know, this is a team that has that knowledge. They have the knowledge of what of what goes on here in Strawberry Canyon. They have um, some good experience. This is the first time ever UNLV is going to play Cal. They're going to come here. They wanna they want to have an impressive outing against a Pac-12 school. You know, we talk about we have been talking all summer about the Pac-12 falling apart. You know, maybe UNLV wants to make a statement. They want to make a statement that they want in. So I think this is, um, I don't want to say the, the, the right vengeance isn't the right word, but um, they come here with the mission. And that's something that, that the Cal offense and, you know, Jane will talk about the defense, that this is something that they have to focus on. This is something that, that both sides of the football need to be prepared to handle come Saturday. Awesome. Thank you for that, Emmanuel. Um, as always, right on the nose with your analysis. Why don't we now talk about the other very important matchup on Saturday, which will be between Cal's defense and UNLV's offense. How about for this one? Jane, why don't you jump in here with your thoughts and takeaways from 
what might go down and what we can expect uh, from this matchup uh, come this Saturday's game. Yeah, absolutely. So the UNLV program is kind of similar to Cal in the sense that they're a predominantly young squad with few veteran players. Um, But as seen in their performance in week zero, um, they kind of operate off of explosive plays and they have a quarterback that's able to generate those. um, And which is why they had pretty much a runaway victory. But then again, um, this is not exactly the most um, successful program. They've been struggling for about 20 years now Um, from Uh, 2001 to 2021, they won 70 games and lost 177. So uh, they have a lot to uh, prove for sure. Um, One thing I thought that was interesting about their offense is they had a quarterback battle all of spring, summer, um, and literally named their starting quarterback by like having him run onto the field in week zero, like they did not make a formal announcement before. And it was the person that was least expected, too. Everyone thought it would be um, the former five-star prospect, Harrison Bailey, who's a Tennessee transfer. And then outruns Doug Brumfield. Is it Brumfield? Um, he's a lefty, um, six foot five. He was hurt for from for half of last season. And uh, he came to play against... I mean, given it was against Idaho State, but his stat line was uh, 21 for 25 passes completed for 356 yards and four touchdowns. And that was just in the first half that he played. Um, So definitely has quite the arm on him there. Um, But that was interesting about their quarterback battle. I wonder if we'll see any action from um, Bailey as well. Um, and then another key player in their offense was a uh, redshirt sophomore wide receiver, Ricky White, who's a transfer from Michigan State. Um, and in his de- debut two weeks ago, he caught eight passes for 182 yards and two touchdowns. And that was just in the first two quarters because Yonovia was harping on him so bad that they put in a uh, second string and third string guys. So he was able to produce quite a bit of damage in his short amount of play. So that'll be really interesting to see the coverage on him. Another key player in their offense is Aiden Robbins, who's their starting running back. He's 6'3", 230-pound Louisville transfer, rushed 10 times for 35 yards and scored three touchdowns in the Idaho State matchup. So he's a big body, kind of has this all-purpose mentality with power, speed, can catch the ball in the backfield. Um, He'll be interesting to see um, as well. Thank you, Jane. I am so impressed. I feel like we got a full scouting report right there, which is amazing. And also, I love drama, so quarterback battles are always fun to me, and that sounds like a very interesting one. Also, also, I love how you came with the statistics uh, over the last 20 years. Uh, Hilarious. Thank you for all of that analysis. Very, very interesting. Emmanuel, I'm going to jump back over to you. Jane mentioned some impact players Do you have any impact players on either of the two teams that you think fans should keep an eye out for? I'm really going to sound like a broken record, but impact players on Cal's side of the football, obviously, Jack Plummer, Jaden Ah, Jeremiah Hunter. These are guys that, you know, they want to make statements. They want to 
they want to show that this is a different football team from last year's, you know, ultimately disappointing five and seven finish. They want to show that they're capable of, um, they want to show that they're capable of, I'm losing the words. <clears throat> they want to show that they're capable of, of playing with the top dogs. They want to show that they want, that they can, that they can compete. So I think on our side of the football, these are the things that they want to watch. Uh, on the ULNLV side of the football, Doug Brumfield, you know, Jane mentioned they have, they still have, they're probably still going to have an open quarterback battle before UNLV goes into conference play. So I think watching him after his impressive outing against you, against Idaho State is something to watch as well. But um, overall, I think it's going to be an impressive contest. Um, I might have put in a ridiculous score prediction for this game. I don't know. Um, don't put my uh, don't put my head on a spike for it yet. But um, it's not going to be a game where I I don't believe it'll be a game where either team runs away with it. It's going to be something fun to watch for sure. That's awesome. Thanks so much, Emmanuel. Now, why don't we talk a little bit about some potential X factors, things that may swing the game or stuff to watch out for. Uh, Jane, why don't I jump over to you now? Um, anything you think we should keep an eye on uh, in this matchup between Cal and UNLB? I think what it comes down to for Cal on offense is just trying to stay in control of the tempo. Um, I kind of want to see them be kind of what you were saying before, Ben, I, I want to see them make some explosive plays and, you know, throw pretty long downfield. And um, I'm hoping this is not going to be a nail biting matchup and there's going to be a, some room for experimentation and trying some new things out and getting comfortable. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to seeing in this game. And hopefully the offense can be productive. Jack Plummer can um, get a feel for his receivers in the running game. And um, I think another big factor would be um, our, our special teams actually came up really big on our last matchup Saturday. I think when we can't convert on third down, Cal's punter did a great job of uh, pinning Davis in deep and uh, helping with Cal's defense in putting in them in a favorable favorable position. So if we can do the same thing again, um, you know, worse comes to worse. Um, that was a big help. Amazing. Jane, Cal's punter has a name. That man is Jamison Sheehan, and he is oh my gosh, sorry. <laughs> no, don't apologize to me. Apologize to Jameson. Um, no, you're fine. Um, I love that you brought up special teams. Thank you. Um, and I'm just kidding, of course. But uh, I love talking about special teams. They don't get enough love. Uh, and I think uh, if I could shine some light on special teams, if we can talk about special teams, we should. And so I will echo what Jane said. Cal's punter, Jamison Sheehan, he had a big day on uh, Saturday against Davis. He's been with Cal now four years, I think. Um, you'll have to fact check me on that. But to see his progression year over year turning into, I think, now a very solid college punter, that's great. Um, and it's really exciting to see. Also, I would love to give a quick shout out to our kicker, Dario Longhetto. Uh, Great kicking name, by the way. Uh, but he made his field goals against Davis. I think, again, like Sheehan, he's got slowly but surely more and more solid over his years. And now 
Cal, I think, has a very veteran special teams unit that's above average and should help them out in games. And so to everybody, I implore you, don't just focus on the big guys. Pay attention to special teams. It's fun. And Cal actually has what looks like a pretty good special teams unit this year. So uh, see what happens. We might be surprised. Uh, but enough on my tangent on special teams. I'm going to move back on over to Emmanuel and ask you for any X factors or things to pay attention to about this game on Saturday. Um, yeah, echoing what Jane said, the way the way the the rhythm develops early for Cal is going or even UNLV that's going to set the tone for how the game will be for maybe even for who decides the winner. I think an X factor will definitely be that this will be the second of this three-tier system I just created for Cal's pre-conference schedule. Um, that's gonna. This really is gonna. This is really gonna be a challenge for them. You know, that's not to say that every game isn't a challenge. It's just a challenge in a way. Um, again, they need to find a rhythm. They need to find a way t- to to continue succeeding because. All of that progress can be thrown out in one game. So they need to find a way. A defining X factor will be how they find a way to shape a rhythm. Again, echoing Jane's thoughts, how they shape a rhythm and how they keep that rhythm through the game. Amazing. Thank you, Emmanuel. You have both given us a lot to pay attention to. And I'm excited for this game. It should be a good one. But finally... To wrap up this podcast, maybe the fun part, we get to get up here and give our picks and our predictions. And so, Emmanuel, I'm going to keep with you. Let us know what do you think is going to happen in this game and then finally offer a score prediction for all of us so we can laugh at you if you're wrong or congratulate you if you nail it. Okay, I'm going to pull up my outlandish score prediction. My out, I'll give you two. I'll give you two. My outlandish one is 38-21 Cal. That's given they find that rhythm early and they're able to make those big chunk plays. They're able to keep the offense out there and rolling. They're able, the defense is able to keep the ball out of UNLV's hands, you know, for a substantial amount of time. But um, I think, you know, more realistically – you look at a close-knit game. I can't really give a score prediction on this one, but um, a close-knit game, a three-score game, a six-score game uh, – not excuse me, a three-point game, a six-point game, a seven-point game, uh, or maybe even a two-score game, um, things that are really – they, they want to keep things close. Things will stay close unless, you know, things completely spiral out of control before the second half is over or before the first half is over like we saw – against Idaho State, but um, the outlandish score prediction, 38 to 21, put my grounded score prediction is that it will be a three-point game. Three-point game. Okay, interesting. Uh, We'll have to consult our daily Cal rule book that doesn't exist. Um, Maybe it should, if you're allowed to give two score predictions. I don't know, Uh, but... Uh, I appreciate both of those. Um, and I think it's it's interesting. I could see Cal walking away comfortably, but more likely it's the Cal way to keep things unbearably close and painful. And so 
uh, that seems like another very possible outcome. Uh, now, how about Jane? Why don't you give us your predictions for this game? Yeah, I don't know, man. I think that um, UNOV is definitely going to put some points on the board. Um, I do feel pretty comfortable saying that Cal will get a you know, sizable victory. So I went with 33-17, and I'm similar to the score for Cal's first game. Um, you know, I hope that we're able to put a lot of points on the boards. I think this is a good opportunity to uh, get fun, get creative, and um, see some good offensive production. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. That's great. Uh, thank you for that. Interesting. We have two sort of ranges of predictions. Emmanuel, it sounds like going for the close three-point win. Jane, the optimist. I like it. Uh, quick math. Predicting Cal will win by 16 points. Uh, I feel like I got to give my score prediction too. And I'm going with somewhere in the middle. And so UNLV, they're a step up from Davis for sure. I think Cal was favored by 21 points against Davis. Against UNLV, I think they're a 13.5 point favorite. So that's what Vegas is predicting, what's expected. I don't think Cal beats the spread. Um, it's the Cal way to keep things closer than it needs to be. But having said all that, I think this is a slight step up from Davis, but it's mostly in the same line of this is a team Cal should beat. This is an opportunity for new players to gel, to learn the playbook. Uh, but ultimately, I think a winnable game that Cal should take care of. And so I see, again, maybe Cal's offense uh, showing some flashes. I think Jaden Ott will be great. Maybe not putting it all together, but still, I think they offer a competent enough performance against a bit of a lower tier team. And then on defense, I think, again, Cal will be giving us that classic bends don't break, give up some points, but ultimately, I think, get enough stops to win the game for the Bears. So for my score prediction, I'm going with 24-13 Cal. I think they'll handle business uh, and, and walk away with a victory, but we'll have to see. Uh, I said this before, I'll say it again. It should be a good game. I'm excited. Uh, it should be, I think, a lot of fun and definitely a lot to watch for. Jane and Emmanuel, before we go, are there any final thoughts you have about this game or anything else? No, I think I think I'm good. Great. Well, then I think we can wrap up the episode here. Thank you both so much for joining me today. We had some very, very interesting discussion. We talked about the Davis game, our key takeaways, lots to think about from Cal's season opener, and already they're back in action in just a few short days. And so very detailed preview, things to watch from both of you. I appreciate your research. Uh, really great to have you as guests. And I am super excited to see where the rest of this podcast goes, because for our listeners, the plan, fingers crossed, is weekly episodes, recapping the game before and previewing the games to come. Uh, we're going to be here all season long covering Cal football, giving you everything you need to know from Daily Cal Sports. And so thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you on the next episode. See the ski there.